What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Rainbow. I am your host, Elaine Chaya. First off, this episode is sponsored by me, aka Class of Quarantine 2020. If you guys don't know what that is, where are you at, people? I feel so cool that I can say that I was featured on The Ellen Show and Lauren Speed Hamilton from Love is Blind has worn it and all of you epic people that have purchased and worn it. If you don't know what Class of Quarantine 2020 is, they are shirts and sweatshirts that say Class of Quarantine 2020 on the front and back up six feet, parentheses, please on the back so you can socially distance in style and this is a pay it forward initiative where for every sweatshirt or t-shirt sold 30 meals will be provided by the los angeles regional food bank to people in need right now so do some good while you're fashionable and fun check it out on my instagram at elaine chaya e-l-a-i-n-e-c-h-a-y-a or type in the website www.classofquarantine2020.com i'll put the link in the show notes for you as well all right now that i've done my little thirsty introduction let's get into today's episode which I've been very excited about. It is with my girl, your girl, everyone's girl, Nichelle Hines from Cycle House here in Los Angeles. When quarantine first started, even before it first started, I was like, you know what? If I'm going to have to be locked up in this house, if I can't see anyone do anything, fine. Take everything away from me. But the only thing that you cannot take away is my workout and my workout classes. But that was all taken away whether we liked it or not. And we've all had to adjust to this new normal kind of life, which involves figuring out how to work out on our own. This is something that I instantly thought of all the workout studios and gyms and classes and how they're majorly affected by this. And we as students are majorly affected by this because we have to figure out how to work out on our own that we've never had to do before typically. So for me, if you see my Instagram stories, you see me with my Amazon Prime weights that I ordered and trying to figure out workouts to do from my interesting kind of workout studio that I'm involves a refrigerator filled with lots of boxes on the side. Then you've seen studios and teachers offering either classes on Instagram Live or Zoom classes that you pay a fee for. We're all trying to readjust to how to work out during these challenging times. So I wanted to do this episode with Nichelle today to A, give us words of encouragement during these struggling times because she's just such a motivational person. But also I wanted to get into the logistics and see how this has been affecting her because I mean she's going through a pandemic personally but then work and professionally the workout classes are really hit hard with this so I wanted to see how she's been doing and how Cycle House has been doing during all these times. If you guys don't know Cycle House it is like one of the biggest studios here in LA. All the celebs from Jessica Alba to Madonna to Shay Mitchell, Jamie Chung, I can just name drop for hours, go to the class. I've seen them there personally trying not to fangirl and it's not even just because like oh it's the celebrity spitting place to go. It's because of the people and the teachers there and people like Nichelle and her brother Aaron that we talk about a lot in this episode and the vibes they bring and the energy they bring and the motivation that they bring that makes you want to go. They're truly like family to so many of the students that go there. I know in this episode, Michelle even talks about how people are like just dying to come back, willing to catch this virus. It's a hard and weird time for all of us, but we're all trying to do the best that we can and get through it. And you hear Michelle's words about how she's dealing with that. I'm going to drop her Instagram in the show notes and you guys can connect with her and figure out when Cycle House is coming back to life. And also in the meantime, she is doing some private classes and some Zoom type classes. So check out her Instagram, DM her. She's so good at responding. And yeah, enjoy this episode. Thank you so much, Nichelle, for doing this. Hopefully we can see you IRL real soon. So I'm here with Nichelle Himes from Cycle House. And what I like to do on all my podcast episodes is a little monologue about why I'm obsessed with each guest. So you're going to get my little monologue about you. And I'm going to say this on behalf of me and my sister Sharona, who is a diehard Cycle House fan, who actually was the one who gave me the idea to do this episode. So shout out to her. Aww. She truly loves you guys. She talks about you as if you're like part of our family. 
That means so much to me. You know, I would like to say even before my sister jumped on the Cycle House bandwagon, I was totally going to Cycle House before that and would always tell her, even in your old location. Oh, yeah. Cycle House 1. Yeah. How long have you guys been around? October of 2011. That's a really great accomplishment, especially for a workout business. So I have always been going to you guys. I'm on class pass and I go to all these different workouts, but there's just something about Cycle House and the way that you guys run the energy, the vibes, the classes that make me want to come to you guys which is what a lot of people want to as well because I do feel like you guys have become like my family my sister's family and a lot of your customers and returning clients their family and during these times specifically my dad called me I remember when all of this started happening a month before quarantine and he's like the first thing that needs to go is your workout classes and I was like I don't even care <laughs> if that means I get the virus and I still have to go work out I refuse to let that go make me sit in my house but workout is not an option like we got into an argument and so obviously, I mean, they've been officially shut down and we can't go to workout classes, but that was for me and for a lot of people, one of the hardest things on top of everything being really hard, going to work out was a thing that was a non-negotiable for me and for so many others. So I've really been thinking about you and Cycle House and all the workout classes as something that's truly been affected by this in so many ways. So I wanted to talk to you first of all, for people to get acquainted with who you are and how you guys created Cycle House and all that stuff, but then really seeing how this has been impacting you personally and professionally and your business and all that kind of stuff. I love that. So first off, can you just give a little bit of background about who you are, where you're from, how you got into spinning and starting Cycle House? Yeah, so I'm from San Francisco, California. That's where I was born and raised. I did my undergrad at Berkeley and then I decided I wanted to be an actor. I, I was lucky enough to get into NYU's master's acting program. I had my master's there and I moved here because my boyfriend was on a television show at the time and I had worked out because I previously during college gained a lot of weight. I weighed 215 pounds at my heaviest. I was always at the gym and I was at Crunch right up there on Sunset. A teacher did not show up for class. The manager of the gym ran in and asked me if I could teach the class. And the timing was pretty interesting because there had been a huge writer strike. Because at the time I was recurring on two television shows. I had like movies, but everything completely and totally stopped. I really didn't know what I was going to do. I started waiting tables at the Chateau Marmont because I had friends there. So I eat there with co-stars and then I was working there. But I always felt like this is like the direction, you know, it wasn't great, but something kind of exciting, almost like right now, we don't know what's next. And I'm someone who kind of thrives in that position. A teacher didn't show up and the manager ran in and ran up to me. He's like, um, can you teach this class right now? And I was like, what are you talking about? And this teacher was old school and had CDs. And one of the other writers were in there like, I have one of his CDs. And I was like, okay, this is late 2008, early 2009. I just taught the class and I was on the schedule the next day. That's so crazy. And they're like a mind shift then that you're like, wait, this is maybe a calling for me and what I should do or how did that even transition into that? Mostly the reason why I became a performer and still am is because I love people and I love hearing their stories and I love helping them. I don't think of myself as a teacher. I think of myself as like a coach because I do everything from food coaching to life coaching to like private training, all of those things. And I think that for me, it was another way to get in, to break through with people and to talk to people and to help people and to show people that they could be better. And I was going to ask, you say things because you're very motivational and whatever you say for that day. And it really does help. 
And I know in the past, like there have been specific days in your class, I needed to hear what she said. And there's never a subject matter. It's never planned. It's all organic. And I think that that's definitely like the actor in me. So like if the class is the script, right? We all show up, everyone gets on a bike. And then, but what happens inside of the script is where the magic is. Because anybody could say or read any line or do anything. People be like, what did you say in class? I'll be like, I honestly don't know. Because what I said in class was directly influenced by the energy of that room at that time. That takes a talent. I do these motivational posts and I have to sit there and think about what the hell I'm going to say for a little bit. I think I see myself as an open vessel. That's why it's never planned and like just what comes out, what comes out. Some days might be a little bit more just do the work than others. And other days, there's just all of this stuff coming in. Because for me, coaching in that dark room, it's like almost like a meditation. So the inspiration comes in simply from the vibe of the room. So what comes out is just what's there that day, that time, that moment. I love that. And I need to selfishly know, because I always wonder this, and my sister, I think, does too. How do you come up with your music playlist? So I know Aaron's more of like the trap music mixed with like the house guy. For me, I just want to create energy. Honestly, at this point, I don't even make playlists that much anymore. I literally open myself up to be a vessel. And I know that obviously when you're in a class, there's things you want to do. You have to jog, you have to run, you have to sprint. There's all these T's that you should cross and these I's that you have to dot to make sure that you're getting the maximum burn in your body. But in terms of the actual songs, I mean, I'm sure you've probably been there where I'll pull out a freaking Coldplay song and Aaron won't do that. But I believe that there is inspiration in all music and all I'm trying to do is connect the tissue. So for me, I'm like, what would I like right now? There's songs like I think Fed Up is one of the best songs to start class to ever made. There's an energy, it clacks, it hits. So for me, I'm always like, what's going to keep them motivated? What's going to keep them invested? And what's going to make sure they're having fun? And that's why when you're not making a playlist, it can come to you. But that takes years and years. Please, no cycle teachers, if you're fresh out the gate, you can really get caught out there if you haven't made a playlist. I've almost caught myself out there because I haven't made a playlist. But when you're feeding off that energy and everything is coming to you in such an organic way, I think it's just, what do I like? How does this fit? Is it fun? And will it make people happy, work harder, thoughtful, any of those things that need to happen? So that's how I make a playlist, really. And I think this is a big mistake, and this is no knock against any teacher in particular or anything like that. I think that a lot of people, when they're in this business, are trying to make themselves popular or make people like them or make people come to their class. Life is hard. LA is hard. And for me, it's just about making sure that people are surviving and being the best versions of themselves. Now, I'm not saying I'm not grateful for the byproduct of what's happened, but that's about me remaining truthful to myself and who I am and what I have to offer. The influencerness is a byproduct of how I decide to live my life and what came into the room. They had to force me to join Instagram. I remember in like 2012 or 13, like they just had to force me. I'm like, why does anyone care what I'm doing? They're like, no, people want to know what you're doing. And I'm like, what? But that was all just a byproduct of being true to myself. And I think in this time right now, a lot of things are coming to head. I think that we all have to remember because it's a scary time not to sell yourself short, not to settle. We all have to do what we have to do to eat, but we also have to believe that if we're living our truth, we're living the truth and we are doing what makes us happy, that the universe will find a way to provide. You just have to let go and be who you are. Damn, it's like five seconds into this podcast and I'm already motivated. <laughs> I'm very much about intentions. Even with the work I do, like I'm a digital content creator and do all these posts and I've really in the past few months been like, what is my intention? Even if I don't get the results that I want, what am I set out to do with what I'm doing? Yeah. 
That's what you do. And that's when things come when really your heart is in the intention and not looking for a certain result. Yeah. And looking to be like the most popular or the this or the that. My brother and I teach the same number of classes. I teach some in the middle of the day. Like his classes are always packed. He does the early morning. He does the evenings. And if I was measuring myself up against him, obviously the girls are going for, you know, obvious reasons, but there is no such thing as competition. You want competition? Look in the mirror. You're competing with yourself and make sure that what you're doing for yourself and your life makes sense for you. Now we talk talked about your brother Aaron a few times. How is it working with your brother? Did you start Cycle House yourself or did you guys open it together? When we were about to open, I was teaching at Equinox and he was taking my class. My brother moved down here in 2009 and he would go to my classes front row killing it. And when it was time, one of our owners was like, you're going to teach? And I was like, yeah, you ready? Let's go. Let's do this. And he was like, okay. So with brothers and sisters, Aaron and I are a different breed. I'm his older sister. I'm not a fighter. I don't like to fight. I'm very straightforward. I'm usually someone who knows exactly what I want and I'm his older sister. So he knows not to fight with me. So for us, it is good. The times where it becomes hard is I'm very protective of him. And I think when it comes to scrapes with the owners or this and that and the other, even like right now, trying to figure out Zoom classes, I understand that everyone's struggling, but it costs $65 to have Zoom for a month. So if I'm going to do a Zoom class through Cycle House, I am not willing to do 50-50. I have an entire conglomerate of my own. I'll teach my own classes. Aaron is someone who he's also a business person. He's a number one Botox salesman in the country. He thinks about things in a completely different way. So with us, the only time there's really butting heads is sort of in like a life philosophy. I have the spirit and the soul of an activist. I was always the person that was like fighting for the underdog. And Aaron's much more of like the corporate style business guy. So yeah, we struggle in times like that. I might not be teaching any classes for Cycle House during this. I don't know how things are going to shake out, but I know what I believe that I'm worth. And I know that I will not settle for anything less. But you know, if for example, Aaron has to make like a complicated decision based on what his ultimate goals are, and we have different goals, obviously, as human beings, then so be it. Because I believe that I can do what I do anywhere. But those are the fundamental differences, which make sort of the marriage of Aaron and Michelle so interesting. We thread the needle in very different ways. You guys have a lot of celebrity clients. I'm like always looking at my customers, like, oh my God, this person's at that. Like, and they're very <laughs> low key. It's like casual. How did you grow that clientele? How do you make Cycle House the cycling place for them to want to come to? Again, I say it comes down to authenticity. We've never paid a celebrity. It was word of mouth. It was all of you. It was all of you fans of Cycle House went out there and told people how much you enjoy Cycle House. And thusly, the word got out. We became successful. I always joke with Shay Mitchell, who's become a very good friend of mine. And you have a pretty little liars poster back there. That's so Oh, funny. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's signed. So I had zero clue who Shay was when she came to my class. Like, I didn't have Instagram. I'm not 13. I had no clue. I just like, oh, what a pretty girl. And one of our front desk people, you remember DJ, he was just so excited. And I was like, why are we excited? Are we so confused? So it was truly word of mouth. Like, Madonna, everybody's like how the hell did Madonna end up with you at Cycle House someone told her trainer it's like oh you're gonna spin in Los Angeles you need to go to Cycle House and one of your really good friends and also she comes to your class Jamie Trunk who I know too and I've seen you guys at Coachella a few times together she's the best Jamie is like one of my very 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 best friends she is the best I was her teacher at Equinox and I didn't know who she was <laughs> we would chat after class and then I remember my brother going, oh, that's the cute girl from Road Rules Real World Challenge. And I was like, what? I was doing Shakespeare and shaking my jaw with like 18 other people for 16 hours a day, six days a week. So I really didn't know. And then we would always chat after class and she was super cute. She asked me on a friend date. And I'm like, oh yeah. And that was literally 2010 because she said we had our 10 year anniversary. So we've been friends for 10 years. I was in her wedding. Her husband is as awesome as her. Like I was friends with her before she and Brian started dating. 
I mean, is there a cuter couple on the face of the earth than Jamie Chung and Brian Greenberg? I mean, like, no. And Brian almost equally to Jamie is one of my closest friends. Like when Jamie's off doing something and Brian's here, we work on auditions, we hang out. They're the best. They're the absolute best. It comes down to we're all people, right? I'm as excited, you know, when I see you at Coachella with Jamie. That's the thing. If I see someone from Cycle House and I'm with my celebrity friends, whatever that means, because she's just Chung to me or any of them from Jessica to any of them, I think that what has prevailed and what has made Cycle House sort of stand out is you can be on a bike next to James Harden or Shay Mitchell or Jessica Alba or Nicole Kidman or Dream on Green and they're going to be normal. They're not going to be weird because the atmosphere, right? It's all about the captain, right? The captain sets the tone. And the atmosphere at Cycle House is no one rider is greater than any other. I've stopped the music and told John Wall is one of five players in the NBA with a Supermax contract. We're going to start over because John Wall clearly hasn't brought his basketball skills to the spin room today. I love it. Yeah, doesn't matter to me. Get it done. I think that that is the special sauce. I think it's the sauce of life. I think when I have clients and, you know, we're talking about things like I'm not a therapist. I'm an empath and I want people to succeed. But when I talk to my clients, I say like, you're never going wrong if you're being yourself. Things will get hard. Things will get tough. You'll feel like, ah, what do I do? How do I move forward? But as long as you continue to be yourself and do the best that you can, life has a funny way of always finding a way to work itself out. I totally agree with that. It's hard for people to believe that mentality sometimes, especially during hard times. It really is. But you know, the times are equally hard. Like thank goodness for my incredible clients, but I haven't been getting paid since March 15th. Am I technically an owner? Do I have equity in the company? Yeah, there's no equity in the company right now. Every single dollar went straight back in. So the only money that I've ever made at Cycle House is money that I've earned. And then obviously you have to take care of the rest of the pot. So in those times, I think that we have to reset and go back to one, right? We just have to remember and it's so hard. You have to practice. I think that I'm one of the lucky ones that that came to me at a fairly early age. Doesn't mean that I don't have my moments, my doubts, my fears. I talk about that in class sometimes. I talk about guys, like I'm not preaching to you from the mountaintop. I still have goals and dreams and I haven't done everything that I want to do. But if you believe that who you are and what you stand for will prevail, then it will prevail. To go with that, when this pandemic first started, before you guys were even closed and when you were forced to be closed, what were your initial thoughts personally, but then also professionally, because this has majorly impacted both? First of all, I'm fairly certain spoken to quite a few doctors. I definitely had it that first week in March before we closed. I knew that something was going on because I never get sick. So I just stayed up on the stage, stayed away from people. The good news was it went through me very quickly. And luckily, we haven't really had it. I think there's like a couple of people at Cyclops that have had it, but not as a result of me. I told the staff not to touch me. I don't go in the bathrooms anyway. I live right across the street. So I just stay put. So I was coming down from that, first of all. But then also, it was really traumatizing. I did not realize that I would be hit that hard. Certainly there's financial concerns, which we'll get into, but as far as personal concerns, I got DM after DM as soon as that email went out. People that had my number, I got text messages and people just freaking out. And that first day, like I saw it. And I lost my sense of taste and I'd ordered John and Vinny's and I was when I realized I didn't have a sense of taste because I was trying to eat the little gym salad. And I was like, oh, I ate that outside, didn't even taste it. And I was like, well, let me try the meatballs. Didn't taste anything. I called my friend and my friend's like, it's coming out as a symptom tomorrow or the next day. She's like, you 100% have it. I just cried, frankly. I think part of it was about me. Like, what am I going to do? What's going to happen to me and my livelihood? But really it's the writers because as we were talking about earlier, I feel so incredibly connected to them, to you, to all of you. That motherly feeling or sisterly feeling or whatever it is, it's because I care that much. And so many people were so upset and didn't know what they were going to do. And people were like, I'm willing to go even if I get coronavirus, you know? Because I'm like, hey, the lungs are open. <laughs> no cycle house riders going down. God willing, you know, because people are suffering. And as someone who had it, it's scary. It's 
it's traumatizing. I didn't move for several days and that's not like me. And then I got on the scale and was like, whoa. And then like I had a couple clients call me and they were like, hey, I don't know what's going on, but I need you. So when are we training? We're training virtually. What are we doing here? And that's the thing like I have on my Instagram. I'm going to get all emotional. It says it is what it is. Trust me. You get what you give. It's a Drake lyric, but it is what it is. Corona, it is what it is, but you get what you give. So all of that time spent pushing all of you, sometimes yelling at all of you, but most importantly, like loving all of you, those same writers that say that I inspire them, really, they lifted me up. I'm going to get emotional, but really they did at a time where I just didn't know. And it wasn't about the money or the status or the this and that. It was just like so many people exhibited so much love and kindness that it, it was quite overwhelming and really special. And that is what has sort of gotten me through. And regardless of what happens to Cycle House, because honestly, we don't know, how are you going to have classes with 60 people on top of each other anytime soon? Those are questions that we'll have to answer. And like for me, it's about worth and self-worth. I don't know if it makes sense for me to teach a Zoom class. Do I start classes on my own? But the most exciting thing is that we're still here. We're still pushing and we're still trying and we're still living and we're still showing up. It's all about showing up. And you guys always talk about showing up in classes. It's interesting. This is a weird time for everyone, but I feel like it's making people really evaluate what they want out of life, what they want to do out of everything. And maybe this will create something even bigger and more creative for you guys that wouldn't have happened. Because I feel like in life, when we're good with where we are, you're comfortable. You're not going to look to be pushed. But anytime you're forced to be pushed, it's meant to happen for the worst or the best, but it's going to take you to the best place. That's exactly it. How have you been adjusting professionally? Like what have you been doing? Because you do take on clients, you said. Yes, I do some virtual training. I have several clients. Like I have like standing clients. And actually for a lot of my clients, regardless of what happens, if and when Cycle House opens back up, if for when I'm back at Cycle House, if and when it does open back up, a lot of clients are enjoying the digital. It's so focused. It's like, I can focus on you. You're right here. We don't have all these distractions, you know? So I've been doing that. I do some distance training with people who have already quarantined and are like good because I know that I'm good. The antibody test isn't reliable. So, you know, it's the best we can do. But having friends who have doctors and like, I didn't want to take a test because I had it when like everybody was freaking out trying to get a test. But it's pretty assuredly so that I had it. And I told them like, listen, I had it early March, but I trained my clients outside my door outside and we maintain distance all through all of that. I do like a boot camp style training and I have a bike as well. So I'll put on a bike. It's like getting personal sessions. So this is like VIP. People are really excited and titillated by the whole thing. So it's pretty cool. And I was going to get into this next question about working out from home because all of us have to do that. And then my sister was like, do I order a bike to have in my house? And she was genuinely upset about it because she's like, but it's not the same. It's not Nichelle and Aaron. Well, I think that Cycle House might be renting bikes out soon. So stay on your emails. They'll probably do that. But yeah, the working out at home, I'm very much considering doing some Zoom boot camps. But for me, the most important thing was making it as cost effective as I could. Like I got to eat too. So I dropped some sliding scale rates right now, but everyone's going to be training for X amount of weeks. So, you know, like setting up ways to make it as cost effective for people as I can while still being able to eat. So I've been doing that. And I did do a workout for Eddie Bauer. It's on my Instagram. There's like a whole thing that you can do. And I say to do it three times. That's on there. Did an arm workout on Cycle House. As far as like the free things that I'm offering, I did a bunch of tips of what you can do if you're working, but it is really hard, especially because so many people when it comes to working out are not self-motivated. It's very difficult 
to work out by yourself and on your own. There's a ton of things on YouTube, but what I keep getting from people is I don't want the people on YouTube. I want you. And what is your advice or motivation for people? Because we have to work out at home if that's what we're going to do, unless it's like doing some training with you on the side. But how do you think people can be motivated? Because even for me, if I sign up for your class, I need to be up and there and going. And now I'm like, well, I have to walk like five feet to work out. So it takes me an extra hour to get up. And then I'm like, I don't even want to do this. Right. So a couple things. I always say, try to get it done first thing in the morning. A couple tricks. I say, if you are at home and you're working from home and you don't have to go to an office and do those things, the one rule that I set for myself till I got myself back in line was I can't shower until I worked out. <laughs> you cannot bathe until you've done your workout. One of my clients is like, well, I'm a night bather. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what to tell you. But like, there's just these little things. The other thing that's really important is if you are worried about contracting coronavirus, you working out is going to probably end up being one of the things that will save your life. Lung capacity, respiratory capacity. The studies have shown that that's why so many people who are older and not fit and overweight and all of these things, they're more susceptible to really getting hit really, really hard by it. But if your lungs are open, if your respiratory system is being taxed and tried. So basically, if you're used to irregular breath, there's like a management that can happen there. And there's definitely been some articles about it. And if we notice, a lot of the athletes are pretty much walking through it. We hear about a lot of athletes that got coronavirus, from Kevin Durant to Donovan Mitchell to people who didn't even know they had it, who have walked right through it. There is a common denominator. The workouts are certainly not hurting and research is showing that it's absolutely helping. For me, when I had it, like trying to catch my breath at times, the capacity that I have in my lungs, I could certainly feel it working in a way where I thought, wow, if I didn't have this conditioning, this would be a lot worse than it is. And I know that you said we don't know what the future is and you still don't know what the future is of Cycle House, but what do you feel in based off of maybe the comments you've gotten from your clients and the customers that always come once governor says that, okay, workouts are okay to do now, even if there's some rules. Like, do you think people will want to come back? There are two types of people, people who are ready to go back to restaurants and workouts and me who I'm like, I'm down, but I think I need an extra month after this. I think it's going to be a fist fight. People are like, when? I posted something like, oh, I should have something for you in a week. And they thought that meant Cycle House. I got flooded with DMs. First of all, I think they trust us. I think they trust that we would do everything in our power to keep them safe. As we did, as you probably saw in the weeks leading up to it, there was sanitizer everywhere, extra time in the room with the bikes. Even in the last week or two before, we started separating, like booking every other bike. We only booked like 40 bikes instead of the crazy 60 bikes, making sure everyone's apart, saying if anyone feels uncomfortable, that's why the class isn't full. Move your bike. If you don't feel good, call and cancel. So I think that the trust factor is there that we would do everything in our power to protect everyone. So I think that people know that. They know it from their guts. They know it from their insides. But I also believe if I put like 10 bikes in front of my place right here next to Cycle House, that they would be full in two seconds. Obviously, I take everyone's health seriously. If I thought that there was an inkling of me putting anyone in danger, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't show up. As far as Cycle House goes, we always took our cleanliness very seriously. We never just had one class on top of the other and not clean to bike. So yeah, I think that people are ready. They're ready to roll. They're asking, begging. You're such a motivational person, but of course there are days, especially right now, where it's really tough and challenging. Where do you go about to find your motivation and to realign you and to get you uplifted and positive again? I meditate every day. And also I think the main thing is I feel like it's okay for me to be where I am. Like if I'm not in the greatest mood, even like at Cycle House, I'll walk in. But I have to tell you, when you see those 60 faces and the anticipation on their face and the excitement on their face and the want and the need to have this experience, it's really hard to be in a bad mood. For me, there's so much love and respect that 
comes through and that's much more important than how I'm feeling. I can feel crappy after class, but right now I have a job to motivate and send love and try to push people. So it's not about me. And on days like this, like when we're in this, how do I motivate? Exercise. Those endorphins, that blood flow, all of that, that is very serious. That's a real thing. The ultimate cause of death from cancer to COVID to staph to any, it's inflammation. So the number one thing that you can do to avoid inflammation is exercise and eat right. What has been, I mean, there's probably so many things that you're learning through this time or just observing, but is there anything that you're really taking away from all of this that maybe you weren't before or that you're realizing now? The reminder that I am enough, that no matter what happens, that my belief in myself and believing that I'm here for a reason and I have something to offer, let the chips fall where they may, because I know that I am enough, therefore I am. I am, I am, I am. And I think I'm getting reminded of that constantly, that those seeds that you've planted throughout your life, who you are, what you stand for, that is enough. And my last question for you is, I mean, you've said so many amazing things. Like, I think I just needed to hear this myself today. So thank you. But if there's one last message or takeaway that you'd want listeners to take with you on this episode, what would it be? I would say that this time is giving you time to figure out who you really are, what you really want in your life, and what you're willing to accept in your life. And if I could wish one thing for everyone is that in this time, it's not about how often you exercise or whether you gain 10 pounds or, you know, any of those things. When we come out of this, I just want you to come out of this knowing yourself more and trusting yourself more and making sure that what you do when you walk out of that door, because now it is now a gift to be able to walk out of that door, that you are spending it doing what you want. Not what anybody else wants, but what you want, that you are living your life based on your truth and your desires and what you want, that you don't have to live your life for anyone. You get to live your life for you. So on point. I love that. I love you, Nichelle. Thank you so much for doing this. It was such a pleasure. My outro that I do is I always ask my guests to say until next time. So do you mind just saying until next time? Not at all. Thank you for having me. It was an honor and a pleasure. And until next time.